This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 143 is going to be from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13 reads, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Abide now, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus. If we don't have love in our lives, then according to verses 1 and 2, we are nothing. And if we don't bestow love upon people, it doesn't profit us anything. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things endures all things. You see, love is perfection. That's why God is love. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. God is love. And so love is perfection. It's what we are to be striving for. And if we do not have it in our lives, then we are nothing. Because without Jesus in our lives, who lived the perfect life, who was the embodiment of perfection, then we are nothing, according to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. 
We have to have love in our lives to give it meaning. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus because it is perfection. It is what we need to be striving for. Love never fails, verse 8. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Love is the only thing that will never, ever fail. Why? Because God is love. Love cannot fail. Prophecies are going to fail. Tongues are going to fail. Knowledge is going to vanish away. But love is going to endure for all time, forever, beyond time, into eternity. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus. Why? Because love is God. In verses 9 through 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And now abide, faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. We only know in part. We don't have a full understanding of what the scriptures have to teach. If we did, then we could be perfect love because the scriptures are love because God is love and Jesus is the word, John chapter 1 and verse 1. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. What we're speaking about here is back then they only knew in part. And now we can know what everything that we need to know in order to go after love better today. The word of God has been completed, and thus it shows us what perfect love really is. We can see it within the word, and we can strive and do our best to make it our focus in our life. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus. If we turn over to Matthew chapter 5 and let's look at verses 43 through 48, the Bible says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We can be perfect today. We can be perfect with the blood of Jesus Christ covering our sins. We have everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have the word of God that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped unto all good work. And we have to study it our entire lives in order to grow in it and to get to know it and to draw more love from it. We 
are even to love our enemies. Who would have ever thought that we were to love our enemies? The world says, curse those that don't love you. Curse your enemies. Only do good to those who love you. But God's word tells us that we need a greater focus. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus, not hate. And in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44, you have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. And then in verse 45, it tells us why, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. God has created everything. And as the creator of everything, he wants everyone to share in his love, everyone that the sun falls upon. But the fact of the matter is, the only way that's going to happen is if we share the word of God with people. That's what love is, sharing God with a world that does not have him. We cannot hate our enemies. We have to love our enemies. And when we begin to love our enemies, we understand what it means that love should be the Christian's greatest focus. Because it's only through love that we're going to bring people to him. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes we don't need to use harsh words. Sometimes we need to use rebuking tones. And that is love. Trying to bring someone back from sin out of the darkness is not easy. And sometimes it means you have to be blunt with them. Sometimes it means you have to be straightforward with them. That doesn't mean you hate them. The world thinks that if you rebuke somebody that you hate them, but that's not the truth. Love does not want to see them go to hell. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Bringing people to repentance is not always easy. And sometimes it takes saying things to them that they don't want to hear. And as children, sometimes they say, I hate you. But we have to understand that rebuke is a part of love. It does not mean that we hate them. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And this is a hard truth in the world. And if we're going to focus on love, we have to focus on the fact that a lot of the world is going to be in this predicament. They want to serve two masters. They want to have their cake and they eat it too. But if we're going to focus on love, we have to teach the world that they can't do that. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus. And in loving people, it's stopping them from going to hell if we possibly can. It's stopping them from thinking that they can have their sin and God at the same time because it doesn't work that way. We cannot love people and allow them to continue to believe that they can have their sin and go to heaven. Because sin separates from God, Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 through 42, the Bible says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. 
He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. We can't love this world more than we love God. We have to love God more than we love anything in this world, including our mothers and our fathers, including our spouses, including our children. We have to love God and want to desire to go to heaven more than we love anything in this world. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If we love our father or our mother more than Christ, we're not worthy of him. We have to place carrying our cross and dying on that cross, presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice above everything else in our lives. And if we're not going to do that, then we cannot be Christ's disciple. We cannot understand what love truly means we truly don't love our mothers our fathers our spouses or our children if we don't put christ first love should be the christian's greatest focus and when it becomes the christian's greatest focus god becomes first in their lives the tournament the baseball tournament it becomes second the Livestock shows, they become second. Everything else, education, money, job, career, when we understand what it truly means to put love first in our lives, all of those things become second in our lives. And we place following the Father above everything else in our lives. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, the Bible says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Notice there's two commandments here. The first one is to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. With all of our being is what is being told to, for us to do here. We are to love God above everything else. But when we learn how to do that, the second part of this is simple, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Because when we love God, we keep his commandments. We teach the world about him, and we treat people the way that they need to be treated. It's only through loving God first that we truly can love our neighbor. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus. And when it becomes the Christian's greatest focus, God becomes first in our lives. And then we understand what it means to truly love our neighbor. And once we understand these two things, then all the law and the prophets, they hang on these two things. We have a greater understanding of what God was trying to teach Israel when we understand how to love God and love our neighbor. In Matthew chapter 24, Verses 9 through 13, the Bible says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, 
and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will raise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Notice with me verse 12 in Matthew chapter 24 again. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Our love grows cold when we allow sin to run rampant with our life. If we don't put God first, then we cannot understand what it means that love should be the Christian's greatest focus. Without God being first and sin running rampant in our lives, our love is going to grow cold. And that's every aspect of love. Love cannot exist without God because God is love. If we want our focus to be on love, then our focus has to be on God. Love should be the Christian's greatest focus. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.